Hey, this is Alex Terranova, and this is the Dream Mason Podcast. We've been taught to behave, to fit in, to follow the rules, but Dream Masons reject conventional thought. Dream Masons are rebels. They take a chisel to the marble that is typical traditional life. They carve out brilliance and broadcast it to the world. Join me for another chapter as we unmask convention, embrace the rebels within us, and more deeply come to explore the complex and agitated edges of our existence. Now, before we get started, please don't be a rebel yet and grab your phone and hit that little button that says subscribe. Thank you. Because your dreams don't build themselves. What's up? And welcome back to the Dream Mason podcast. This is Alex Terranova. So I've, uh, I'm thinking about like this week, like we, the things that we're afraid of, the things that we've overcome and in the, the, the winning and the success, I feel like I'm just like winning all over in my life right now. And, And the best part about the winning that I'm doing is it's on the other side of so many fears. Like I had to overcome fears to get my business to get where it's gotten to. Fears of asking people to hire me. Fears of asking for a certain amount of money with the podcast. Fears of asking certain people to be on the podcast. Fears that like no one would actually listen or that I'd mess this up or do it wrong. With my book, you know, writing fictional authenticity was scary enough. Like who cares what I have to say? Now people are reading it and it's like there's fears there too and now it's just out of my hands. And Today, we get to talk to somebody who is somebody that I think we wouldn't think about has fears. And I think it was really cool because as I, as I learned a little bit more about her, one of the things she shared with me was that in a situation that we wouldn't think someone would be afraid, there's still fear. And I'm, and I'm bringing this because I think that there's fear everywhere. And all of us and all of our dreams and everything that we're capable of is actually prevented by fear. And if we could acknowledge that there's fear and see what that fear is about and maybe get what we need around it and then create actions to move forward anyway, we'd all be living epic, incredible, you know, dream lives in a way. It doesn't mean we wouldn't have problems and new stuff, but we would be able to just like burst right through through things or uh, I might say in per this episode, fight right through things. So my guest today is there's she's done so many cool things so uh you're gonna have to pay attention to all these accolades so first of all she went from food stamps to a 10 million dollar company in four years that in itself we could just leave it right there and it'd probably be enough she also has fought 15 professional boxing fights and at one point she was one of the most dangerous she was like voted or determined to be one of the most dangerous women in the world. When I saw uh, and was introduced to her for the first moment, I went, this woman is terrifying. She could like Mm -hmm. totally kick my ass. Um, She fought in Madison Square Garden. She's the first female to fight in Beijing. She used to be a personal trainer and was voted the number one best personal trainer in New York City. And she worked with celebrities like Katie Couric and Ethan Hawke. She also was on a show called MTV Made, where she turned somebody into a boxer, which is, I want to hear about that. My guest today is Christy Nickel, Code Red Christy Nickel, I should say. What's up, Christy? Oh, Alex, thank you so much. I love that introduction. It makes me sound so cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's my goal. I mean, you are cool, and I want to make you sound good. I love it. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I can't wait to talk to your audience. 
Thanks for being here. Uh, you're you're up to a lot. You are busy. And I'm sure it is not easy for you oh. to make time to do extra things. We all are. But you know what you'll never hear me say is I'm too busy to blank. I always say it's just not something I value enough to make time for if I instead of saying I'm too busy. And so that's bull crap when I hear people say, oh, I don't I ain't got the time. I think, oh, you you have the time <laughs> and you have the money for what you want. And this is important. Being on here with you is important. It's you, you actually bring up something really good right there. And I, I address that a lot, right? Cause I feel the same way. Like I know that the, when I'm excited about things, time doesn't get in the way, mm. but then there's other times where, right. We don't have time. I don't have time. I can't figure out the time. And it's weird, right? We all have 24 hours. How do you deal with, you're up to a lot. You got a big company. You're working on a lot of things you promote. I know you, you have a book or you're working on a book. Yeah, I have four books. Oh, I've written wow, four okay. books. So and I'm. Yeah, I've got I And how do I how do I manage the time? Yeah. How do you how do you make it like how do you kind of deal with that kind of uh, the mental thing of time where you we all think we're so busy? Oh, absolutely. Uh, there are two things you will never, never, never hear come out of my mouth. I, I don't have the time and, and I can't afford that. And nice. I. I despise and and don't be around me. My 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 rebels know. Don't even come around me. The staff, the coaches, the leaders, people that work for Code Red. Don't ever say those two phrases in front of me because I just don't believe that. And how do I manage time? I'm very 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 structured. Um, a lot of people don't. I speak to a lot of entrepreneur groups, and because I have been able to grow this company so quickly, and it's just you know grinding and it's hustle. And I am adamant about keeping a structured schedule. Um, so when it, for me, for myself, I mean, I get up at the same time every morning, I have a very rigid structured schedule. And because I want to accomplish things, so many things, and I want to really hit it hard and I want to reach millions and make millions. I am, I stick with this and I grind hard every day, 16 hours a day. And so I block out, I have like five areas of my life that if they don't, if, if what I need to do doesn't fall into the main five areas of my life, it gets, it gets outsourced. Uh, and somebody said to me, um, what would you do if you had, I said something like I'm trying, I'm going to, my goal is to reach a hundred million in revenue in the next five years. And he said, what would you do with a hundred million? And I was said, I said, I would outsource more and I'd run bigger <laughs> ads. And, and that's the thing. I mean, I would get a driver to drive me around, not because I think that's cool, but because I could work during that time. It's about maximizing the time because you got to look at how much bull crap you waste your time on scrolling mm -hmm. through social media. Look, I love clothes. I love makeup like the next girl, but, and, and you can really waste a lot of bull crap time. Just scroll, scroll, scroll. If yeah. you, if you're a dental hygienist and you sell Mary Kay on the side and that's your side gig and you wanted to look, you can come home from your dental hygiene job and answer emails, put up some content on social media. You can send out some packages. There is time. Don't give me that. It it just boils down to you cutting out the wasting crap in your life that you're doing. And every one of us has crap that we waste. And I've just gotten really, really good at staying focused and cutting out the crap that wastes time. It doesn't make me money. You said before too, that it's the, I, you don't do that. I can't afford that. And I love mm -hmm. that because I think whatever we say, we make our reality. Like we, we, we think it, we speak it and then it becomes, and then we act in that, right? If you say I can't afford it, then the actions you take are aligned yeah. with, I can't afford it. It's not, yeah. I can't afford it. How do I go figure it out? It's I can't afford it. And then you're done and you stop. How do you, 
get like people in your company that don't have as much practice as you? What do you have them practice or do to get around or, or do something different than I can't afford that? I, I come from a very, very poor family. We had a lot of love, but my dad was a minister and a police officer and my mom worked for minimum wage. And so they always took the shortcut on everything. So I grew up with a very poor person's mentality. And of course, boxing, as we all know, is the poor man's sport. I mean, you know, and I, and I had to do what I did. So I had to get rid of the poor person's mentality of always lack, the lack mentality. So once I got rid of that, I, and I realized that was what I was doing, and I realized I didn't want my staff, my leaders, coaches, that kind of, and they do, they battle with that bullcrap, poor person's mentality. Uh, and Clients especially. So if I have, I have a, a custom program that's nine, 997. So just under a thousand bucks. Oh my Lord, Katie bar the door. If someone, oh, that's so expensive. So I try to show them <laughs> what is expensive if they don't take the plunge with a custom program. If they don't get their health and, and weight in order and their health in order, I tell them this is what it's going to cost you. So don't look at the 997. Look at the fact that a knee replacement surgery is 38,000. Look at, look, look at the fact that your diabetes is 1200 a month. Look at all this stuff. So I stack the deck in my favor by showing people what it's like if they don't take action now. That's kind of the, the, the way I handle things and training people to look at the other way. I love that. Yeah. So you, so it's like, there's a, I talk about consequences with people as consequences aren't punishments. They're natural things that happen, right? If you right. eat pizza every day, let's say the natural consequence is you're going to get fat probably. Sure. Yeah. And it's not a punishment. Pizza's not punishing you for eating it. It's exactly. just what happens. Exactly. But as kids we're we're taught, right? Like consequences are bad instead of just like, no, this is what happens. If you if you break the law, you go to jail or you pay a fine or whatever. It's not a punishment. It's just the thing on the other side. So you really support and ident help people identify like, hey, the consequence of eating bad or not exercising is diabetes, knee surgery, whatever. And you're just you're actually by not choosing this, you're actually choosing that. Right. It, it comes down cool. to a black and white for me. It is so I'm a very black and white person, which is good and bad, but it just comes down to this or this. You have a choose. And we have a saying in code red is choose your hard. It is hard. It's hard to drink the water, but it's hard to be fat. I mean, it's hard to be fat. It's hard to be skinny. It's hard to be tall. It's hard. It's all freaking hard. <laughs> Nobody gets out of hard. So you choose, you choose. Nobody's shoving the crap in your mouth. If you choose to shove the pizza in your mouth, then, then that's totally fine. You're choosing the path of diabetes. You're choosing the path of, of, all the problems that come along with that. So it, it's, it's to me, it's just a no brainer. It's you choosing people say, I wish you would slap the food out of my mouth, Christy. And I would say, I say to them, it just doesn't hurt bad enough being fat yet. You're not ready mm. because when it, when it hurts bad enough and when you're ready and, and this can be applied to anything, it can be applied to, to your side gig, becoming your full-time gig. I mean, anything you want to, yeah. once it hurts bad enough, you will change until then I could just yell till I'm blue in the face. Wow. How did you, cause you described growing up in an environment that isn't what you're living now. How oh, did you yeah. learn to change your mindset and the way that like the the way you saw the world so yes. you could get here? I, it, uh, that's such a great question. I like you already, Alex, man. Thanks. <laughs> um, the, I, I, 
I got business coaches. I actually, I believe you're a, you're a coach and I, I heavily believe in people getting coaches because without coaching, I never would have seen that I had a lack mentality. I wanted, I married a man who has a lot of money. We don't share money. I wanted to have a lot of money like him. And I, and I started watching his behavior. How does somebody who is able to retire in his forties with millions of dollars, how does somebody like that act? And, and I watched, Watched him, and then I got business coaches, and my business coach had a hard heart with me. Sat me down and said, "Christy, you have a lack mentality. You have a poor person's mentality. You've got to change your language. It all starts with your language. It all starts what, what with what you're saying to yourself. It's not a problem that the thoughts come into your mind that I can't afford that. That's not a problem. The thoughts are going to come in. What do you do about the thoughts? What do you do? How do you verbalize? Because thoughts become words, and what da da We all know that thing. So." The business coach is where I started because that having a good mentor and having a good coach above me that could say, hey, this is what you need to work on. All right. You need to read this book. You need to go to that conference. You need to start looking into this, this and this. And that's when I started to really change. I didn't even know it. I didn't know it. I mean, I saw rich people and I saw people with that were wealthy and I just kind of thought, well, that's them. That's not me. I'm just a poor Idaho farm girl. Well, wait a minute. You know, hold on a minute. And, and so when I got coaches, they really held my feet to the fire and said, hold on. If you truly want what you're saying you want, you're going to have to start changing your words and changing your thoughts. And, and once I realized I was saying the wrong things and thinking the wrong things about myself, then I could start reprogramming my own brain and saying, oh, no, I could afford a private jet. That's just not where I want to spend my money right now. But it will be someday. Oh, I can afford this. But, you know, or, or yes, I'm going to go buy it or whatever the situation is. But it, it started with good coaching, teaching me how that what I was thinking was wrong and how to reverse that. Nice. I love that you, I talk about this all the time. Like we can't change our thoughts happen. We can't change them. Like they're going to, they, they flow into our mind. And I do think they shift over time. I, I had this moment. I just shared this with my girlfriend today where I used to wake up and people that listen to this, like all these episodes hear that used to hear this from me all the time. I used to wake up in the morning at, you know, sometime between let's say four and five 30 to go to either work out or go to yoga. And when the alarm went off, I was reliable to get up, but the voice in my head and the thing that came out of my mouth was, fuck, all right, mm. let's do this again. It was like I had to like suffer and drag myself through to get the results I wanted. Mm. And what I realized in the only in the last like 60, 90 days is, you know, I've been, I've been working on myself, let's say, really intensely for five years. In the last 90, 60 days, the alarm goes off, so everything's the same. And that conversation isn't showing up anymore. Mm. It's just, it's kind of quiet. The alarm goes off and I go, oh, it basically what happens now is it's like, oh, it's time to wake up. Okay, let's go. Yeah. And and I shared it with her this morning and I was like, that's so cool. Like, first of all, that I noticed it, that the thoughts are changing. Like my, I'm growing and my mind, yes. like the wiring of my mind is actually changing. But yes. to your point, I couldn't like, there's nothing I can, I can't reach in my head and do that. I started doing it by changing my language, by changing when I was consciously thinking what I was choosing to think about where my actions were. I think even having conversations with people like you like this all the time is a reminder or listening to them when it's not my podcast. Absolutely. You, you, that is amazing. You did it. I mean, you actually beat 
the voices you you did it you you re- rewired yourself and switched things around that is something that and people think well that's just never going to change no it <laughs> does change you just proved that it changed and people just need to hang in there and keep going and it, this can happen to them too and especially like in your intro you said something about fear uh and i thought this was profound when you said this uh it is gonna the fear is gonna come the yeah. fear is gonna come and the thoughts are going to come. And then what, what do you do about it? You do it in the face of fear. You know, you just keep moving forward. And eventually, man, the voices go away. Cause why, why would they need to be there anymore? Man, that is so wonderful that you were able to just to overcome that. When it's you, it mean, I mean, I love it that it's present here. Cause you clearly did it too, right? You, you couldn't mm-hmm. have built what you've done from a lack of mentality. It's not actually possible. Or no. you would, we would just be waiting for you to like, lose it. You'd be like sitting there. You wouldn't have time to do this because you'd be terrified of losing it all again. What you just spoke about fear. And when we, you know, connected before we started recording this, you were sharing with me something that I was actually really surprised about how as a fighter, a professional fighter, someone who I would think you got to be pretty fearless to be a professional fighter. And then you were sharing with me that there's actually a lot of fear in that space. Is a, there's a ton of fear that nobody talks about among among fighters, professional fighters, boxers, or UFC fighters, and every single person is afraid. Every single fighter is afraid, and nobody thinks that. They just like even Mike Tyson's afraid. Everybody feels fear before they go into a ring. You're talking about twelve rounds, three minute rounds with somebody in, in, in at 154 pounds. That's how much I weigh, and these girls are really strong, and they're they will they are. You know, you you don't you know you look across the ring at somebody who is they're waiting the, the the most the scariest moment is waiting for the bell the opening bell to ring and so that we the the a ref brings you to the center of the ring we go over the rules uh, he says you know keep your hands up no hitting below the belt da, 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 just obey my orders at all times you're standing there just a few inches from your opponent and he says you understand you understand touch gloves you have to touch gloves you back up to your corner. And then you have to wait a few seconds until the ref gets the okay for to ring the bell. That is horrible. It is terrifying <laughs> waiting for that first hit. And so I've experienced uh, a tremendous amount of fear. One time I was fighting up in Albany, New York, fighting a girl at 154. And uh, she it was St. Patrick's Day. And we were the main events. So we were the last fight of the night. The crowd was so drunk. And uh, my dressing room with my team was below the arena. We had to walk up a staircase of stairs and we could feel the ceiling as we were getting ready to go out into the ring gloves were taped up we were ready uh, you know uh, the the grease was on the vaseline everything was ready to go i was warm i was ready and my team was standing around me and the ceiling was actually shaking because the crowd was going so they were just going nuts waiting for us to get out there and i was so afraid at that moment that i actually turned my head and noticed that there was an exit right over here that would have led right out into the into the the air out of the building it was an emergency exit and i thought about you know if i run through that door and i just keep running how far could i get i was so afraid i wasn't as afraid of my opponent i wasn't a, i just a little bit of everything you know you're talking about getting hit in the head for 12 rounds you just it's just it's a horrible and i remember that moment where my heart was racing i was nauseous and i was like i just want to leave i don't even want to be here i'm so afraid and then of course you get that first hit out of the way and then you just kind of turn numb and go through the go through the the training the training kind of just takes over and you go through the motions but 
people are, and, and, and so many times I've been afraid, my gosh, I had to borrow $100,000 from my own husband. She wrote me a loan for $100,000 to start Code Red, to write my book, to build a website, to get everything, to build funnels, to hire a coach. Everything came to $100,000. And boy, you want to talk about scared for this poor Idaho farm girl. I was terrified. I thought, oh my goodness, but it takes a step of faith. It takes just stepping out and saying, you know what? I know this is going to work. I know Code Red's a good program. I know this book is going to be a New York Times bestseller. Let's do it. So is that the thing like that people can do when fear shows up, right? They don't have to be in, in a ring. They don't have to be publishing a book. But whatever their fear is, what's the like process? You know, yeah. go ahead. I always say this to people whenever I speak, um, one of my one of my things that I speak about is you are, I don't think I call it this, but you are tough. I talk about how tough you are because everybody thinks, well, I'm, I'm not a professional boxer. You know, I'm, I'm a stay at home mom with three kids. I'm not tough. No, wait a minute. You do have that toughness inside of you just because you didn't fight your way to pay through college does not mean you ain't tough. You know, you have mm -hmm. to really, so I teach people to access a time in their life where they were tough. I think it's tough. Uh, taking care of an elderly parent. I think it's tough raising three kids. I really think it's tough homeschooling kids. I think it's tough the fact that you had to bury a child. I think it's tough the fact that you've got a husband that, uh, you know, and so I, I think that people, all oh, they have gone through tough times in their life. Nobody gets out of crisis. And so I ask people to access that and say, no, wait a minute. You might have not, it might not have been a professional fighter like me, but you are strong. You are tough. You can do this. And so when the, when the doubt, when the fear, when the negative comments come in, they do with me too. I, they do with me too. Sometimes I've really gotten good at mastering it, but the re, the way that I master it and the way I teach other people to is actually say the words out loud. You know what? No, stop. You don't belong here. Get out of my head right now. I am strong. I am beautiful. I am smart. I am getting healthier every day or whatever, however it pertains to you. you repeat those words at dorky and as corny as it sounds say, get out of my head right now. You don't belong there. And, and then repeat back the affirmation and, and coming from a girl with a blue Mohawk and, and an ex pro fighter. Look, I know again, it sounds corny. You just have to stop and talk yourself out of it. Do not let those thoughts play over and over and over. They will just wear you down. They are doing you no good. What's that thing that you have had to overcome that was the hardest thing? Hardest, mm. scariest, most challenging? The hardest thing I've ever had to overcome. Boy, let me think. I wish I would have known. I wish I would have known this question ahead of time. Um, it's been very difficult growing Code Red uh, because... It, it's it's constantly for me. I guess recently. Uh, I mean, I could I could bring up the fact that my my ex husband beat me up and I had to crawl bleeding. I was I was passed out on the floor. He choked me. Uh, I I I woke up. I had blood. I was you know that push up. I always talk about in my Code Red Revolution book. I did a push up. I've done a lot of push ups in my day. I've been an athlete for 25 years, but pushing myself up out of a pool of my own blood off the living room floor was the hardest push up I've ever done. And taking one step, then two steps, then three steps towards the door, leaving only with the clothes on my back, leaving my 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 wallet, my money, my cat behind, and everything, and getting out of there, escaping with my life, probably was 
definitely one of the hardest that I've ever had to do. I'm, you know, even though you don't want to be with an abusive person, you know, that's not right. It's still your life and you're walking out on it. That was probably the hardest. I know that recently it's really been hard. People think, uh, you know, I always say you, you ain't getting out of hard and people say, well, I wish I was Bill Gates. Oh, believe me, you don't want to be that guy. You know, like he's got his own set of crap. Yeah. And even being a $10 million company, we now have our own set of crap that is really difficult. You know, everything from the taxes to personnel problems, to hiring, to firing, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And, and it's, it's difficult dealing with, that's the difficult part of code red for me right now is dealing with the personnel issues and, and staff and coaches and leaders and keeping enough people on staff to keep up, keep, keep us growing. And, you know, every, every month I am putting faith in the fact that my program is going to work and that the money is going to come in to be able to pay the bills. And so it's a whole different set. Yeah. Pushing myself up off the floor at a puddle of my own blood was so that was the hardest one, but that made me tough to where I can handle anything. Now I can, I can handle anything. I, and so now, you know, the tough stuff I'm dealing with is, you know, is, is taxes and personnel. It's not the same thing, but it certainly is its, its own set of hard. So it, every month is kind of a, a difficult situation I have to work through. You said, you know, I, I don't want to skip over this because it's, I think, we don't hear this often. You know, we, we hear about domestic violence. We hear about abuse. We hear about the challenges that people face in leaving or getting away from it. Like, mm -hmm. that's something that is talked about. It probably should be talked about a lot more, but we do hear about it. But what we don't hear about is somebody who's a professional fighter, mm. somebody who is trained at the top of their game to fight and you'd think would – you know, like when you say that, I'm like, how come, like, how come you just couldn't kick his ass? And I have no idea, right? He, I have no idea who he is or what the situation is, but it's, it's more shocking because it's like knowing who you are and what you're about. And it seemed, and what I, what I appreciate about the story is it doesn't take away like how strong you are and all the things you had to deal with. But is there something to like, you know, something in that, that you learned that even though you were that strong, and even though you know how to fight, like it's still that kind of situation still happened to you. The man that I was with, I was with when I was 18 and I didn't become a professional mm. boxer till I was 22. OK, so I did not know how to fight. Um, and was it's it, funny because that part I, of I it. Fast well, um, no, people okay. always, the media loves to take that angle and they say, oh, she became a professional fighter because of the, the, the physical abuse. No, that's not why I really did it for the money. I did it because <laughs> I was so, so broke. I was a bartender. I wasn't making ends meet. I was paying my way through nursing school. And so I wish that would have made a cooler story. But the reality is the truth is that I didn't become a fighter for that reason. Although I don't know. There may be some aspect, but the the abuse, the mental aspect of being told that I was nothing, I would have taken black eyes, bloody noses, busted lips from him anytime over um, over the, uh, the 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 mental and the, the things he said to me. But I will say that law at, in the middle of my fighting career, I'm at the top of my career. I was going through an airport and I saw him, and I had never seen him, and I saw him, and here I am one of the top three most dangerous females on the planet, legitimately like super strong, fast, you know, great weight, everything I could, I, I, 
I was just excellent. And I saw him on a moving walkway in the opposite direction. And I was stricken with fear. I mean, it was crippling. My knees buckled and, and he looked at me, I looked at him and uh, it was horrible. And I, and I was just thought it was interesting. And that was many, many years ago, but I thought it was interesting that still he had that grip on me and Mm -hmm. gosh, it's been 25 years. And yet I still dream about him. I still dream about him beating me up. And I'm thinking, boy, you would think of eight years of, of being a fighter and fighting every girl on the planet and winning. And that would have that would have been enough to over. But this one dude just still can't I can't in my dreams. I can't seem to to beat him up like I want to. So it's so strange. Well, but it's all I really appreciate you sharing like the reality, the first the real story, but also the the reality that you deal with in seeing him and the mm-hmm. fact that it's still in your space and that it it's not like you're you're fine and yeah and sometimes you have dreams about it and then you see him and it just brings it all back yeah you know i think we don't we don't give ourselves as human beings a lot of space to be with the traumas as right. things that might always come back i have I work with clients all the time that they're they're powerful they're successful and then i'll ask them a question and all of a sudden everything falls like it's like they crumble in a moment and I'm and I don't know the answer to what I asked you know I'll, it'll be something like you know what are you afraid people might find out about you what are you hiding but something that like just happens to drill in there and all that stuff from you know maybe it was physical abuse sexual abuse uh, verbal abuse but everybody has something at some point in their life from someone different degrees obviously and it comes rushing back. And often I find that people beat themselves up for like, it shouldn't still be here. Right. Like I should no, be, that right. was 30 years ago. I should be past it. And it's like, well, who made up that rule that there's a, a timeline where it's like, oh, I got past it. So now it can't, that it's been enough time. And, and I've been through counseling and my dad's a licensed counselor. And he said, you know, honey, and I, it's like every few years it kind of comes up and he said, you know, honey, it's okay that you still deal with it. It's okay that it still comes up. It's okay that you might have to go address this again. And I, and I absolutely agree with you 100% that people act like, well, I thought I had this dealt with, you know, I know with, with weight loss as people lose their weight. Oh my goodness. I mean, talk about uh, all kinds of stuff surfacing, um, as you, as you become the person, as you take control of food and you take control of your health, boy, a lot of stuff surfaces. And I know that, that, that my, that being a a domestic violence survivor or whatever the heck, you know, it, it helps when I talk about it. I do speak uh, about this to different women's abuse shelters and different uh, organizations because I have something I can contribute and hopefully I can motivate them or whatever, whatever the heck my purpose is there and, and it, it helps to share and, and it is healing, but yeah, absolutely. It's going to come up and there's nothing wrong with that. I don't know why we, we are so hard on ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and we, and I don't think we realize that how hard we all are on ourselves until we hear somebody talking about it. Mm-hmm. You, where, where did I want to, where did I want to go here? I wrote some notes and I'm like, you've given me like so much gold and so many things and you have so oh, much energy. It. I'm like all over. I have like so many notes written down. Um, where's like, wh- you've written four books. You've been a champion boxer. You've built a $10 million company. And I know you said the the company growth is even bigger mm-hmm. aside from the like numeric numbers of where you want this company to go. Where do you want to grow? Like as a human being, where do you see like what's next for you? 
That is so funny that you would ask that. I have been dealing with this uh, really recently this week, uh, this exact thing. I have two business coaches. One is Natasha, one is James, and they they come at me with different aspects. I use them both for different reasons. I I, I As you can see, I, I have 60 grand wrapped up a year in business coaches because I very, very much believe in having a coach. Again, please, people, surround yourself with people that can help you. You don't got this. So I was just talking recently about what is life going to be like beyond Code Red? And of course, uh, we're, I'm going strong. We're not doing anything anytime soon, but I know someday I won't be Christy Code Red anymore. The Code Red will be, maybe I'll sell it. Maybe we'll, I'll be going beyond it. I'm 43 right now. Uh, and what does life look like beyond Code Red? And James has been talking to me about this because I really have been um, kind of uh, going through this thought because I work 16 hours a day and it's 100% code red. I have 30 minute blocks of time where I will go do something and it might be a run. I like to run with our dog, Annabelle. I like to work out uh, in, in the gym, and but it's 30 minute. That's about as much time as I can afford to be away from work or I choose to be away from work. Let's just say that. And so I say, oh my gosh, what would life be like if I didn't? Uh, and so my husband, Miles, who retired in his 40s, he said, I go, how did you how did you transition from being an executive? Uh, he was the CEO of a, of a Fortune 500 company to, to, to what you do now. And he said, you know, you have to cultivate your hobbies that way when you retire or when you move transition out of whatever you're doing, you have something to do. And so I've been really thinking deep thoughts like, um, what am I like without Code Red? It's just, you know, it's always Christy Code Red. It's always Christy Code Red. Oh, it's always the blue mohawk. It's always, oh, you're strong. You're, you're whatever people think about me. And, and I, I appreciate that. But what would life be like not living my life on Instagram, not living my life with video cameras constantly on me, not everywhere I go, always watching everything I do, what I say, what I eat, what I drink, everything. What would life be like? And I'm dealing with that right now. What would it be like to just be Christy Nickel and not Christy Code Red? I don't know. I'm, I, I don't know what life is like beyond Code Red or, or just being Annabelle's mommy or just being Miles' wife. Uh, you know, it's, it's so strange. So I'm really going through some deep um, process of what does, what makes me happy. So it would make me happy to go volunteer at a dog shelter. It would make me happy. I already give to, um, several organizations, uh, financially, I, I support, uh, some, some charitable organizations that I believe in, uh, some women's abuse shelters and, and different Christian organizations that I believe in, but I would like to do more. How can I give back? How can I help my community? How can I be, uh, a contributing member of, of society even more. So I'm starting to really look inward and say, what makes me happy? What could I do every day that would make me fulfilled? And is my ego going to be able to take the hit of not being Christy Code Red anymore? And man, that's some real serious stuff when you start digging and peeling back the layers. What do you, what does that, like you do, you, you have built a, you know, your ego has built a really cool foundation. Like, and it's yes. not all ego, right? Like this is your, sure. your, you're doing a lot of stuff from your heart and your soul and helping people. But I do think, right. It comes with, we see a lot of successful people, right. They fall because their ego suddenly takes back over again. Yes. How do you kind of keep that in check? 
Oh, great question. I keep my ego in check by remembering where I came from. And, you know, when I was a trainer in New York City, I was uh, one of the uh, I was voted the number one big best trainer in New York. And I was living in uh, Manhattan and life was great. And I'm on the Upper West Side at 100th and when, you know, West Broadway and, and everything's great. I got my dog and I'm and I'm big time and walking the red carpet. Everything's great. And then the market crashes and I lose every one of my clients in nine days and I am flat broke. I can't afford. So I have crashed and burned before. I have had money stolen from me. I have been in situations. I have been homeless. I was standing in the food bank line one time where somebody recognized me. Hey, you're Christy Code Red from MTV's Made. And I was just like, I mean, I have been there. So remembering that it could all come crashing down again. Uh, of course, I put safe safeguards in place uh, with investments to where I'm not going to be homeless again. You know, I'm not going to be, it's not going to be like that. But I know that things can change in a blink of an eye. And, and heaven forbid, I don't want to even say this out loud, but if the market corrects itself and if, I mean, we know it's coming, things are, you know, this is the ebb and flow of the market and yeah. it's the ebb and flow of just life, but I'm going to be ready and I'll be okay. But I, I have, um, the way I keep my ego in check is just knowing that I, uh, that th it could all end in a second. And remember where you came from, Christy, you were raised in a trailer on a ranch in Northern Idaho and you came from nothing and you and your family, I got an orange for Christmas. Uh, you know, that that's, but we loved each other. We sang songs. We went for nature walks, you know, and money doesn't make it anything. And without having Miles and Annabelle, without having my family, what am I? I'm nothing. I'm nothing but a girl with a cool Corvette, you know, and a cool haircut. <laughs> and so I constantly, I constantly uh, acknowledge my staff and the Code Red, the whole, the whole Code Red team. And I say, we, we do this. We put on events, we travel, we are creating a new program. We are doing, it's, it's a team effort. And it's so important to not let my ego I could get fat again. I've been fat before. I could get fat again, you know, so I could, anything could happen. So really making sure I remember where I came from and that that is the true Christy with the freckles and the long brown hair and riding my horse. And that's who I really am. Let's talk about Code Red as a program. Because the first thing I noticed when I like went to your website and started looking at things was, you know, you had the, you talked about, in one of your videos, like the, the industry is all about making money and selling and selling and selling you one more thing, right? Another shake, another bar, another, whether you need it or not. Yeah. What is, and then, well, I also noticed like you kind of talk about like, there's no secret. It's not, this isn't gimmicky. What mm -hmm. is code red? Like, I'm like, wait, so yeah. what are you doing for people? You know, that, that is, that you find is unique and life-changing that actually sticks and make a makes a difference long term without having them, you know, buy into some gimmicky thing. Right. And and let me preface this by saying I'm a capitalist. I absolutely believe in <laughs> in, in companies making money. I I am I am a, sure. I am a conservative and you know. So so I uh, the when I, uh, the way, the way that code red even got started is I was a, an elite level athlete and I started getting fat. I'm in the middle of my boxing career. I started getting fat and I couldn't believe it because I'm training three to five hours a day. How is this possible? I learned in college. You just need to move a little bit. You need to exercise. Well, I was exercising a lot and I was getting fatter and fatter and I wasn't feeling good. And so when I discovered that it was because I was shoving crap in my mouth that didn't belong there, then, and that's when I realized that exercise has nothing to do with weight loss. Well, then I 
when I realized that that level is a playing field for everybody, I created Code Red. So Code Red is real food, water, and sleep. That's the basis of Code Red. You know, in our, our, our tagline is no shakes, no pills, no diet foods, no exercise. And it's not, you don't need any exercise to lose weight. It has nothing to do with it. So we teach people to eat off the food list of meat and vegetables, nuts, eggs, seeds, seafoods, and fat. I take people off the foods that causes inflammation in, in their bodies and we drink water and we sleep. And so what makes Code Red so different is we focus on the water and the sleep. We are chronically sleep deprived and chronically dehydrated in our society. So we really try to put the emphasis back on you do what's right for you. You eat when it's right for you. We eat two meals a day. So when a person, you know, you don't eat when society tells you because society has brainwashed us and I believe in, well, you eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner and two snacks. Well, that's bull crap because we're the sickest and the fattest in, the, in <laughs> human history. And so if my rebels wake up and they're not hungry, they don't eat. They eat when it's right for them. They go to bed when it's right for them. They wake up, you know, so it's very much putting the power back into the hands of the people and making them do you take control. It's empowering. It's not restrictive. It's empowering to know that, well, I mean, the whole family is eating, eating dinner at six when I'm not hungry. Well, there's nothing wrong with you sitting there drinking a cup of hot tea and visiting with them. We make it about the moments, not about the food. We say meal one, meal two. We don't say breakfast, lunch, and dinner because that, again, conditions you to believe it's eight, 12, and six. Well, that might not be what's right for you. And so we mm. really want people to find what works for them and to decondition and to, to unlearn what, what we've been brainwashing us into believing because what we believe just hasn't worked. Okay. So I want some, if you're willing, I want some tips. Not, I got, yeah. I feel like I got the food down. Like I'm, I, but I don't drink water. I mean, like yeah. I don't, <laughs> it sounds funny, but I drink, so I drink water while I'm working out mm -hmm. and maybe like right after, and I'll drink a ton of water at that time, but I don't drink water like throughout the whole rest of the day. And maybe at the very end of the day, I'm like, oh, I'm thirsty. But I never feel thirsty, sure. so I don't drink water. But then I'll find myself at the end of the day like dehydrated or I'll wake up the next day and I'll feel kind of like not my best. And I'll go, man, you didn't drink any water yesterday. And especially if I don't work out, then I'm like, there might not be any water drank except for like what was in coffee. And that's kind of doing the opposite. So how, does, how do you like, what do I do? How do I get more water in me without just like forcing myself? Yeah. So we tell, this is the second biggest rule in weight loss and good health. Uh, sleep is number one, water's number two. And I tell my rebels who say the same thing to me, I say, are you drinking something? Like they're drinking, like, I don't want to drink my water because all, all of our rebels drink a gallon a day. And then when we get them on a custom program, then we customize all the numbers, including their water. So we start a gallon a day is I've gone on national television and I've said, you know, you can safely pretty much all of you guys listening can drink a gallon a day. A gallon really is just a starting point unless you're really, really, really tiny person. So people that like, I can't drink a gallon of water a day. And I'm like, Oh, bull crap. When you start adding up or cutting out the Red Bulls, the wine, the coffee, and believe me, no judgment here. I love my coffee, mm -hmm. the, the, the soda, all the juice, all the bull crap that you do drink, you can get your water in. And so when people, but your body is highly adaptive. So for you, Alex, you have just adapted. Your body is adapted to getting the water. It, it, to just kind of getting the basic water it needs uh, for from from the food, which you get about thirty percent of your water from food. So you're, but that is dehydration is not good. You you can yeah. function so much better when you're properly hydrated. So is is there like a is there like a so like knowing that like I know that and I hear you. So is there a way that you 
that like one of the things I'll do. So if I want to meditate and then I want to get myself into meditating more often or, or anything, I'll, one of the things I'll do is I'll like couple it with something else. So I'll say right after I brush my teeth, I'm going to sit down and meditate. It's a, yeah. it's a thing I learned a while that it works really great. If you do something else every day and you want to start a new habit, attach something to, like attach it to something you do every day. Works. It's a great tip. Works really, really well. And it's super easy. And then there's things like drinking water, which is an all day long thing. I'm not going to drink the gallon right in one hour <laughs> to start right. the day. No. Um, is there like any tricks or tips? Cause, yeah. and, and I think this is different for everyone. For me, it's like all day long. It's just, I'm absent minded. I'm not thinking about it. No bottle is a gallon. I'm not carrying around a gallon of water with me right, all day right. long. Anything you've like so, learned? Yeah. So what we do, we teach our rebels that every single morning, there's a uh, three rules that rebels follow the rest of their life. And one of them is you have to stay on the scale every morning. We mm. weigh ourselves every morning, no matter what, because we do not avoid the scale. The, the scale doesn't tell the whole story, but it is the first line of defense that, that tells you that you're, you either need to repeat or avoid whatever you did yesterday. And so it's one of many ways to measure good health. So we tell our rebels, you get up, you walk to the bathroom, you go potty, you strip down naked and you weigh yourself. And then right after that's called a dry weight. You, we, I learned that from boxing. A dry weight is that is you really want to get that dry weight. And then immediately you start, you want to down the first liter of water. And so that's what we, and then that's going to really trigger, um, getting that water going. And you're and studies have shown that a, a liter of water will wake you up faster and be more effective than caffeine. Now, I mean, there is, there is a good amount of caffeine. Ca caffeine's still good for you. There's a lot of good things about caffeine, not a lot, but a little bit. And so that's going to trigger you starting to drink that water, get that first liter down. It's going to help stimulate peristalsis. You're going to be able to go poop. You're going to be able to, it's going to wake you up. It's going to make you feel better. It's going to perk you up. We also add a few things to our water. We like to add Ultima, which is an electrolyte replacement and it comes in grape and orange and stuff. And we like to, so you can add a couple of things to your water to make it easier to gag down. And I'm not, I don't like my water either. So it's hard for me. So I put a little games with myself for every 40 ounces of water I drink, I can have another cup of coffee. And mm, so that okay. kind of helps me go, all right, because no, nobody should just be living on just Red Bulls or just coffee or just Diet Coke. That crap is not good for you. We need yeah. to be hydrated with pure water. So there's a little, you create a structure, like do it, you yes. couple it basically. And then you say, you give somebody a reward. Yes. Essentially, I, you do that with you. I'm Yes, for me. Awesome. And then is there like a, is, do you think sleep is this, is, is a range for everyone too? Do you think like some people can just operate on four hours and others need 10? Or do you think there's kind of a base, like there's a, there's a range like six to eight, everybody needs at least that or something like that. Yeah. Studies have proven that everybody pretty much across the board needs at least seven. And we require our rebels to get at least seven hours of sleep tonight for optimum weight loss and health. Um, there are people that operate. Sure. I mean, you got a newborn baby. You are operating <laughs> with a foggy brain on four, four, five, six hours of sleep at night. It's not optimal. It's not good. So people do operate on less, but that's bull crap. I mean, you that's in there like, well, I just can't sleep. No, you're on your freaking phone. Phone, 
scrolling through Instagram. Don't give me that bull crap. Or moms, they're doing laundry up until late. So they're putting themselves last. They get in bed last and then they, they get waking up all night long with kids and the dogs on the bed and you got a bright light coming through. So we really tackle sleep in our program. I mean, they need to get blue blocker glasses. Like for me, I am going to be on my iPad. You cannot tell me well, you got to get off your device three hours before bed. Bull crap. I'm working and I want to watch a Netflix. <laughs> like I just, I want to watch Animal Planet, you know? So what do I do? I wear blue blocker glasses. So we work with our people to find what's going to work, but you have to set clear boundaries. So no, if someone comes to me and says, I can't sleep more than five hours, I say, well, you're going to need to do it my way. Like you, we need to set some boundaries and this is not good. You're functioning, but you're not thriving. I love that. Yeah. There's, that's so common in our world. The mm -hmm. I'm fine. I'm good. It's good enough, but it's mm -hmm. not thriving. Mm -mm. And as I heard someone say the other day that I'm stealing and I'm going to use it everywhere. Like this isn't your practice life. Right. And Alex, people sense a lot, people, the body sense the lack of sleep as stress mm -hmm. and will hang on to body fat as a way to protect you. It's just a protection mechanism. Plus, when you're sleep deprived, you crave more sugar. So you wonder why you're driving around. You're just like, you're just, you're so, you know, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. You didn't get enough sleep. And now all of a sudden a caramel macchiato and a cake pop sound good to you. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Your body is saying, Hey, you won't sleep. Let's get some yeah. instant energy in her with some sugar. It's just, a, it's a defense mechanism. Your body is trying to protect you. It doesn't hate you. So I it is really serious problem. Not getting enough sleep. All kinds of things go wrong in the body. Well, I'm listening to you and I'm like, man, if doing your program has you show up like you, because your energy is on fire, you're, you know, you're just, oh, you're totally. just like a, you, look, I, we're not here in the same room, but you are a fireball of energy. So, and I, I would say <laughs> one of the you. biggest Thank complaints that I hear people have is how tired they are. They don't have enough energy. And if they had all the things they could be up to in their life. So Clearly something's working, uh, not only because of the success financially, but just how you show up. So thanks yeah. for like doing that. I love, I love that you bring that here and we actually get to see you are an example of your work. Is Thank the, you. You're welcome. Is there anything that you feel like, you know, I really want to like leave people with something. If I could leave them with, you know, a thought, a message, an idea. Yeah. Um, if, if maybe, a, maybe a couple, I have a, uh, cause there are a couple different people that listen to me. There are people that, that want to lose weight. And then there are people that want to grow their business. Cause I kind of come up with it. So here are my two thoughts. If you want to, if you are overweight and you're listening to me right now, a lot of, most people are overweight by a few pounds. Most people are, I mean, we had 66% of our country's overweight. So chances are, if you're listening to me right now and you're overweight, you don't feel good. Let me tell you something. This is not your fate. Okay. It is not hard. You do not have to, to buy into something. You can get healthy. You can take your life back. You absolutely can. So I just want to encourage you to do not give up. You know, I, I you want to check me out. That's fine. Or check out somebody, whatever's going to work for you. That's fine. But do not just act like, well, I guess this is going to be it. My joints are going to hurt. My knees are going to hurt every time I get out of the recliner. Well, I guess I'm just going to have a headache every time I wake up. Bull crap. You were never created to be that way. And the other thing I want to say is if you're listening to me and you have, you're an entrepreneur, or you're you got a side hustle that you're trying to make into your maybe your your full-time hustle <laughs> make full-time uh revenue generating career you have got to believe that you can do this and you absolutely can but you cannot just half-ass this you've got to do this the right way like and you've got your 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 job on the side 
and you're trying to do your side hustle, you can do both. You come home from being from your dental hygiene job and you get right on the computer, you answer your emails, you can still do it all. You can still get those emails answered. You can still put something out on social media. You can still read, read your kid a bedtime story. You can still cook dinner. You really can manage it all. So I, I would definitely expect a little more of the people that are that are listening, that have a side hustle or that entrepreneurs and they're kind of just stalling. Well, I can't be, be, be. No, you can set some boundaries, adhere to your boundaries, learn to say no and make it happen. Hustle, hustle, pick it up a little bit, make it happen. That's awesome. You're thanks for, um, for being here, for spending the time with us, for sharing like the personal, the impersonal, the business, the, you know, like all the different dimensions of who you are. You're, you. you are a like beacon of possibility. Like anything is, po I'm, I'm present to how anything is possible while yeah. talking to you while being in your present presence. Um, and it comes from this place of positivity and love and care. Yes. Thanks for doing that. Not only for yourself and in your personal life, but for like all the women that you support and the, the coaches, I saw like most of the coaches are women. I don't know if they all are, but, um, the people that you support in general with their health and their lives, because maybe it's their health, but it's changing their lives overall. I really appreciate okay. you. Thank you for saying that. As you can see, I'm, I'm very, I, from, it does come up, uh, come from a place, a place of love. And I'm very, very passionate about seeing people reach and be what they were created to be because they have this something burning down deep inside of them and they ignore it and they push it down. And man, the world needs to, you to show up and the world needs to hear what you have to say. All of you, I don't care what you do. I don't care if you're a stay at home mom, you think that, well, all I do is just blank bull crap. You you're creating content. You're selling, you're in sales, you're selling peas and carrots to that two and four year old. Like stop acting like you don't have something to say you do. And we need to hear it. So I believe in you and Alex believes in you too. <laughs> I love that. Um, if people want more, where do they, where do they track you down? Where do they find you? If you are wanting to lose a little bit of weight, we have a monthly challenge called a 10 pound takedown where you can lose at least 10 pounds in 30 days, 10 pound takedown.com. The number 10 P O U N D our next challenge starts January 12th. Uh, I don't know when this is going to, we have one every, every month. So whenever this airs, you'll be able to get in on the next challenge. And then if you're kind of wanting to fast track or you want to look at all of our other programs, you can go to coderedlifestyle.com and all kinds of good things to look at that. We have counseling programs. We have, we have kind of programs for everybody. I believe in kids. I have a code red kids program. So we, we, we try to make it uh, something for everybody at coderedlifestyle.com or 10poundtakedown.com to get in our next challenge. Awesome. Is there, are you Instagram, Twitter, oh, like all the things? What do you, yes. What, what, okay. At Christy Code Red. Uh, make sure you spell Christy with no H. It's just C R I S T Y. At Christy Code Red is the same handle for everything Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, you know, Twitter, everywhere. And I'm, I'm on constantly. I really, really love social media. I'm on every morning at 7 a.m. Mountain Time on Instagram, doing a live video, answering questions, because I believe you got to show up for the people and offer support, education, information, and love. And I'm a safe place for people to go to get that support. I make myself available. I'm there for them, and I'm there for you too, guys. So come on and join me if you need some help. Awesome. So people can find you everywhere, basically. And yes. I will put all these things in the show notes Thank you again um, for all that you do, but just also just for being here with me and, and sharing with the audience. I appreciate that. This was fun. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for listening. 
Honestly, I'm just a rebel who found a cause and has a dream, and I'm super grateful for your support. If you got anything from this, please help me out and share this podcast with one person today. You can find me at thedreammason.com or at inspirationalalex on Instagram. You are a dream mason because your dreams don't build themselves.